Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Anne Papiotti. She has written the book The Gift of Shift, Discover the Key Within to Unlock Your Best Life. She tells us about her experiences with grief, forgiveness. I mean, when you hear what she's experienced, just like I said very bluntly, you would think to yourself, how did she just not lose it? She's so strong, she's so wise, she gives us tips on, if you're dealing with grief right now, how to overcome it, um, how healing isn't really linear, and she talks about healing resiliency, like how to grow in your intuition as well, so a lot of great tips, a really insightful, encouraging episode, so here is Anne. So let's talk about, let's start with your book, The Gift of Shift. What exactly was the uh, inspiration for it and why did you choose that name? My co-author and I met at a, a coach training program and we were just drawn together and recognized that we both were just enamored with the power of perspective and the ability to shift to create momentum in life. And so we started collaborating together and actually first came up with a workshop by this title, The Gift of Shift. And a couple of years into it, we were traveling back and forth to each other's homes. I was living in Canada at the time, as does she. But she was in New Brunswick and I was in Quebec, and we were just loving this collaboration we had going. But I was always saying we should write a book. And she was mm. always saying, no. <laughs> and uh, eventually one day she actually felt like she had received a message while she was meditating that, yes, we should, and that we should use the title from one of the workshops we created, which is The Gift of Shift. And she got back to me. And I have to say, Davina, I had intended and wanted to write a book since I was 17. And I, I still don't think I would have one if not for Tracy agreeing to, to co-author with me, but I just never thought it was going to be in the genre of self-help. That that initial desire to write a book was always to be a novel, but life just took me down a different path. But it's all about the power of perspective and the ability to shift, uh, to, to really change how we experience life. That's so interesting. So would you say um, you were naturally always spiritual or intuitive or did that grow what was your experience with growing into your intuition and your spirituality for me that really was growth I didn't recognize it as spirituality I had experiences as a child Mm -hmm. that felt spiritual but I didn't you know know what they were but I really grew into my spirituality and one thing Davina that happened for me is I signed up for a class at some Mm. point called getting in touch with your intuition. And when I was in this, yeah, when I was in this class, the teacher said, I originally named it getting in touch with your psychic abilities, but they wouldn't let me (laughs) call it that. (laughs) Uh, I I get that. I got that. Okay. I'm sure you do. So what I discovered was that I'm clear sentiment. So things that Mm -hmm. I thought had been physical ailments, like, Right. With all this energy in my body and this, uh, these electrical currents, I even thought I was having symptoms of a female heart attack at one point. Oh, uh, my God. This, 
I know. But through this class and this training, I I learned to recognize what it was and to hone it in and doing a lot of journaling about the sensations along with the thoughts I was having and then learning to ask questions for clarity and to receive that became one 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 road towards spirituality for me and to recognize I could connect to that mm-hmm. higher you know power and purpose I grew up in Alabama and the Bible Belt so religion was oh. more the path and it it I realized later and it was literally my 40s Davina that I was a, a boxed in a bit and someone gave me the book I, I can't remember the title exactly, but it was about breaking free of the fundamentalism okay. of religion. And it opened my eyes to some things that I was just so black and white on. And I was having these experiences at the same time. And I had a dream. My dad had passed shortly before I moved to Montreal. And I'd had a dream with my dad or a visitation, as I now would call it. And he tells me it's not what we thought. And mm. It was just, it was a beautiful scene and I knew he was still learning and growing and it sort of gave me that permission to say, okay, let me explore. So it was really in my 40s that I became open to spirituality in a different way and recognizing this uh, this path and how my life experiences had led me to serve very differently than I expected. Mm. Okay, so you've had a lot of experiences. I'm a very blunt person, so I'm just going to say how, <laughs> when I was reading about you, what I felt. Yes. Most people would just lose it, really. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yes. you've worked on finding a blessing, blessings within these crazy experiences. How? How did you deal with the grief of losing a how did you deal with all this? I, I'm telling you. Well, I, I've i learned that grieving is the process and healing is the journey. And, mm-hmm. yes, I've experienced a lot of loss in my life. And I had to yeah. learn to allow myself to grieve in order mm-hmm. to recover. I think a lot of people have hidden grief and they 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 mask it behind overachieving, too busy, people-pleasing, and all these things until they're in overwhelm and burnout, and they don't take the time to kind of get back in touch with what happened and really release the unresolved pain. And what I learned after a while, and it took going through um, betrayal by a best friend, and which led to self-betrayal, self-sabotaging choices that then led me into an abusive marriage. And in that marriage, you know, when I realized that love and life were not what they were supposed to be like in for my childhood dream, so to speak, I, and I was feeling unworthy and of anything more or different. And then in that marriage is when I lost my firstborn son due to complications from his preterm birth. And it was from that most devastating loss that I reached a turning point. And the depth of my grief in that loss allowed me to bring all my losses to the forefront and really begin the journey of rediscovering myself. And to do that, what I recognized was I had all this unresolved emotional pain from that initial Mm -hmm. betrayal. And so 
I ask people, you know, when I'm working with them, you know, what's really weighing you down? They may come to me about one problem, but that's really not the root cause. We have to get to the right. root cause like anything, you know, whether it's physical pain, emotional pain, and often they're connected. But I, in the gift of shift, there's one story, uh, the title, the gift of buoyancy, where I talk about my dad teaching me how to swim in a lake back home in Alabama, but he insisted that I learn how to float first. And I remember I was very impatient with that because I wanted to learn how to swim because that yeah. let me go on the other side of the rope and be with the bigger kids. And he said, no, you have to float first because if you just keep swimming, you're going to wear out. You're going to sink and possibly drown. Let's learn how to float. And I didn't realize until later how mm-hmm. important that message was really for everything in life. Because when we'll stop and float, Davina, you know how when your your ears are underwater, you really hear your breath and your heartbeat, and then your perspective, your vision is the entire sky. But when you're just swimming forward, and that's a message I think we deliver erroneously is just keep going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you're just swimming forward, you only see what's right in front of you. And what I had been doing, I just... I kept going and going and going. That means I crawled in the first boat, which after the betrayal was the the, the wrong marriage. And right. you know, it was just bad choice after bad choice. I was overeating, over drinking, under, underperforming, underserving myself and completely out of alignment as far as mind, body, and spirit in every sense of the word. And so things were manifesting physically. But once I stopped, mm-hmm. so to speak, and floated and was able to reconnect to my breath and my heartbeat and and get a new perspective and recover the truth of who I was. Each decision and clarity came easily about how and when and where to swim next. And I knew that there would be more storms in life. I knew that that this wasn't the end of it, but I didn't dread them. I wasn't worried about right. them. I was prepared for them. So, Davina, I know research continuously proves that without developing a healing resiliency, mm-hmm. after experiencing Ooh. even one emotional trauma, people go through life feeling dissatisfied and experiencing unwellness. So that tells me mm-hmm. the importance of untangling from our past, healing yes. our hearts, Yes, and recovering like the truth of who we are so that we can move forward with purpose and intention. So I think when you ask me, you know, how did I not just crumble up and yes. and, 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 and sink? Because all of these mm-hmm. things tried to sink me, absolutely. And there were more after the loss of my son, and there right. will likely be more in my lifetime, was that I had developed that healing resiliency. I stopped. Mm-hmm. I floated. I reflected, I allowed and acknowledged the pain that I was in, and Mm. then I remembered who I was, reconnected, Mm -hmm. and decided how to move forward. And with each loss and transition, I had to create some kind of purpose and meaning from it so that it could could serve, right? Mm. Not just me, but someone else, whether it was one or more, even if it was just to recognize, not to, to judge people whether they were to recognize whatever they say or do is about them and not about me. Whatever I could take, uh-huh. I looked for the lesson, and, and then, then I kept going. So, 
Yeah, there's there's a resiliency is is uh, something that is created and made, but you also I feel have to choose mm. to bounce back, but to yes, you cooperate to with it. time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. So would you say the loss of your son was probably the heart the biggest hardship that you faced? Yes. Yes. I believe I believe it was. It was absolutely just the most unnatural thing to expect mm-hmm. to bury a child, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it was yet his life has so much meaning and purpose as short as it was those two weeks. Mm-hmm. I realized he was it, it, for whatever reason, you know, that mm-hmm. it was intended to be that short, it brought so much clarity to me. It created wow. more connection with with God and source and, and the ability to say, I want to live <laughs> mm. because I didn't want to, you know, when he, right. and I was, you know, going back through all those self-criticizing messages and self-blame and self-punishment that I'd done even with the betrayal. And then even ending up in, in this marriage that was abusive, I was self-punishing through it. So, of course, when I lost my son, it was like, well, of course this is you did. You don't deserve to have a child. You don't deserve wow. to be a mom. And I went through all those messages, but I also saw the way out. And he really was that turning point when I realized that I was dissing him on a level to not have yes. meaning and purpose. You know, and so you weren't honoring when I I wasn't honoring him. And when I realized that, yes, I have to grieve the loss, I have to grieve the loss of the childhood dream of being a mom, that the all these things, you know, that I had to grieve, grieve the the loss of his life, but then to look for meaning in his life. And I received a letter from the mother of a friend of mine whose son had passed in his 20s, and she Mm -hmm. had talked. Uh, about her her grief and her loss and that how it's the same. And it sort of gave me permission because some people said, I'm sorry about your pregnancy. Oh, I heard that, uh, you know, you're, they said things that, that felt insensitive uh, through their not knowing. And at the end of the day, I learned, you know, I'd rather them not know this pain, not understand it, not know what to say. But right. she her letter gave me permission to say, yes, I lost, even though it was two weeks, this is the same loss. I lost my child. And so as I allowed myself that grief and listen, time is an important ingredient to healing, but we have to cooperate with time. So when Mm. I allowed myself to grieve, to feel, to cry, to scream, to yell at God, to curse, you know, to be angry at the doctors, you know, I had misplaced blame, but I went through that entire grief cycle and it's not linear. I hope everyone in the audience hears that. It's not linear. It's not step one, step two, step three. It's one, three, two, four, one, back to five over here, back and forth. And I describe it like the the rinse cycle in the washing machine, you get slammed one direction, it slows up, it speeds down. And just when you think it's about to end and the door opens, you're stuck in the gasket like a spot and somebody slams the door and presses the button again. It takes time. I'm not going to minimize that. But then it also takes the willingness to look for the light. And I had to look up from my grief when 
there was a light of opportunity that was shining down in it. And for me, it just happened to be the opportunity to share his story with a group of resident intern doctors. And then the way I saw that, and I realized after I said yes and walked through that door of opportunity and into that light, was that his story would carry through their careers and how many lives and people they would touch. And the the goal was to teach them compassion in their practice because I had not mm. received that in the final moments of my son's life. And that just brought, it literally brought joy to Nina. I felt joy mm. because I knew then that his life had meaning and purpose and it was in me and up to me to continue that for him by the way I lived and the choices I made. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. very, that just makes you think a lot about different situations with people and how life is short. Wow. Oh, yeah. so, yeah. so you re- recommend that listeners re-examine their lives. How exactly? Absolutely. I think that we have to look back. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that stopping and reflecting. And that's what people, I think, often avoid doing, and that's that that messaging I say that I sometimes believe even professionals sort of underserve our population by trying to help them move forward is to take the time to look back and reflect and connect the dots. Kind of like the menu, a child's menu in a restaurant where you connect the dots to create a picture. It's often not what Mm -hmm. you expected to see. Yeah. Go back and connect the dots of your life to understand how you got to where you're at because often we're not where we thought we would be. And when you connect those dots, look for, you know, where, where were those highlighted moments? Where were those detours? Where were those unexpected or uninvited change stations, so to speak? Um, And do that first, recognize how you got to where you're at. Then look within, Mm -hmm. look within and and, and really pay attention and notice what is the emotion or the pain that I'm stuck with. Where is what's unresolved? And if you can't seem to discover that feeling, look at how your life, how you're living your life, because often we'll, it'll show up in our relationships as ongoing conflict or unproductivity at jobs or that hidden, overachieving, too busy, people-pleasing type thing. So how am I living? Take that back. What's the emotion I'm stuck with? What's unhealed? What do I need to release? Do that release work. And some of us can't do it alone. Some of us need a professional like you, Davina, or like mm-hmm. me to help them process that unresolved pain. But once that's done, then you can recover the truth of who you are, really reconnect to your core values, Challenge your beliefs. Where did they come from? Are they fear-based? You know, what needs to be weeded out, so to speak, and brought back into alignment so your mind, body, spirit are in alignment before you now look forward and move towards what's next and best for you. And a lot of that pain that had been held in your body and in your mind, as it clears, you're unlocking your life and you're just freeing yourself into so much more that's meant for you. And I just really want people to wake up to, 
to this, do I call it soul CPR. Do the CPR on your on your soul and unlock like your that. life because like yeah. So that's the connect the dots, pinpoint the pain, recover your truth, and then move forward with that own inner compass, so to speak. It makes decisions easy. You know, it's not it keeps you from swimming and getting in that first boat like I did in the you know, the abusive marriage after the, the trade relationship. You can say, no, it's the third boat. It's not the first job offer. It's not the first uh, relationship that just seems to check all the boxes. Pay it. You start noticing life and paying attention and what's going to feel like a detour and a pull off the path that's really your path so you can stay on it and not have to learn so many lessons the hard way. Yeah, I know, right? Right. Right. So just just to, like, rewind a bit, what are the best tips you would give to, like, a grieving mother or someone who is dealing with like, some marriage problems who is listening? What would you tell them? Listen, I would say first and foremost, your pain is real. Mm-hmm. Don't minimize it. Feel it. Feel it acknowledge it, validate it, recognize that it's, that you're hurting only as deeply as you loved. Right? You can only hurt (laughs) as deeply as you loved. Yeah. And so then allow yourself that time to cooperate with time. And when I say cooperate with time, it's about not exposing yourself to the people or the things or the places or the, the memories that keep the wound open and, and keep pouring salt in it. You, the cooperating with time allows the wound to become a scar. Moving forward and healing does not mean forgetting. And it does not mean um, that their life had any, you know, was not important. I find that some people think if they're not sad, Mm-hmm. They're not honoring the person, the loss of the person in their life, or the. And I'm like, no, that you really honor when you're able to come back to a place of joy. And and so when we can embrace that and recognize that, and not feel guilty because you find moments of joy and happiness even while you're still grieving, letting go of that guilt and changing that because guilt is fear based. Joy is love-based. Allow yourself those moments of joy. Relish in the, the memory of them and the purpose of their life. My son only lived two weeks, but there was so much purpose. Find that purpose. Seek that rather than the sadness and the guilt and the shame or the, the isolation or the loneliness that's natural to feel. But then start moving towards purpose for them. You'll find moments of joy. One thing I do is I honor, um, I, I call it an angel bursary. I honor my son's uh, death Aww. date even because, yeah, but because anniversaries of anything, you know, whether you're mm-hmm. going through a divorce, the anniversary of your marriage or the day the papers came in or the date of someone's passing or their birth date pops up on the calendar, they're like punctuation marks, right, on our memories. Yeah. So, you know, and it's how we think about things that creates 
how we feel about things, which determines what we will do, how we show up in life. So I've learned to choose to focus my thoughts on the good. And the whole premise of positive psychology is not to deny that the bad exists, okay. but it's to choose to focus on the good. So one thing I like to say to people so they get a visual, Davina, is just to think about a, you know, a, a long stem rose. And on the stem, there are all these thorns. That's there. But so is the beautiful blossom at the top. And within your gaze, you can see both at the same time, but you can also choose which one to hone in on and focus. And so with divorce, with death, there's going to be the thorny stem, but there's also the rose. Every time we lose something or someone, we gain something else if we're open to receive it. So we have to do, we have to learn to let go of the pain, let go of the focus of the loss and look towards and look for the beauty. Mm. It's there. It's there. I promise you. You can't see it in the moment because you're in in the darkness, you're in the throes of it. But I promise if you just hold on to knowing that it's coming and believing it and choosing it every moment, and it is a moment-by-moment choice sometimes I want them to know but moving through pain implies movement and just the word potential you we all have the potential to heal but potential Mm. is just potential until it's made kinetic until movements put with it right and that can that's the shift that's the gift of shift shifting the movement just changing the thought right slightly you don't have to change it a lot, but changing from I'm not going to allow this to victimize me or to put me in conflict with life. I'm going to take responsibility for my life and my outcomes. And so what does that mean? What do I have to let go of to not get pulled down into that black hole of of helpless, hopeless, defeated, or angry, frustrated, bitter? What do I need to let go of to something mm. and what? So that I can, I can shift my thoughts, change how I feel, and that feeling may simply be that I am going to um, live with peace. And to create that peace, I have to show up in life in a cooperative way with myself. And all healing starts with kindness, Davina, and whether it's for the world. But on the individual level, that means some self-compassion maybe some self-care. So just starting with being still and reflecting. Yeah. Being mindful. Yes. Being mindful is a big key. Okay. And what about forgiveness? Can we get through life just not forgiving everybody? What about that? I think you can get through life, but it's not a, a, a great, a fun journey by any means. Right. Um, you know, forgiveness is that it, it, holding on to unforgiveness is 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 just keeping yourself in that inner prison, right? Mm. And it's keeping yourself poisoned. And we know there's that cliche about holding you know, drinking the poison, expecting whomever yeah. you need to forgive. 
to die from it. Well, I had an experience. I do not write about this one in the book. I had so many stories I could have written and I didn't. My co-author, Tracy McDonald, wrote this story about forgiveness and, and, and did a beautiful job. But had I written about it, I would have shared the story of where I'd been bitten by a poisonous snake when I was home visiting in Alabama. And I was back in Montreal when the, when the toxins started affecting my body. So I had gone to the hospital, of course, but they had just given me a tetanus shot for the bacteria in the face because they thought I had a warning strike from the copperhead and not the, you know, the, the high dose of venom. And I never presented what needed it within the time frame. But two weeks later, I had these terrible physical symptoms set in, which were neurological, wow. and, um, uh, respiratory, and even, you know, cardi cardiologically. My, so my heart, my, my breathing, my just the pain in my body was so immense and intense. Well, they don't have poisonous snakes in Montreal, Davina. So when I tell them, right. they're asking if anything unusual, it happened to me. I'm like, well, last month. I was bitten and they just, you know, no. And they, I was being treated for each individual thing. But what I learned from that, you know, my, my, I told you earlier, I look for the lesson through every uh-huh. experience. For one, it was a bit of a, a shamanic awakening for me about my purpose as a healer in the way that I work. But also, I learned what it really is like to harbor unforgiveness. That what it's like to have poison in your body. When they say it'll eat you up inside, I was dying from the inside out. I was withering away. My organs, you know, things were shutting down. Oh, my gosh. It was a slow and painful experience until um, I think it was four or five months into it. I went to, uh, my friend took me to a holistic osteopath. And, mm-hmm. and she was able to give me some relief right away and unlock, you know, just like my head was encased in cement, but it's because the, the, we're, our brain is supposed to float, but mine wasn't. So anyway, she un, was able wow. to unlock and my spine was frozen and the, you know, the spinal fluid wasn't moving. She was able to create the movement, which released the pain, which, you know, started allowing things to unlock little by little. But what I realized is that that's that's like harboring unforgiveness. It's a slow, painful death. (laughs) So when I speak to people about that, I'm like, it's not about condoning or excusing the person, the people, the events that caused you pain. You never have to speak it to them. This is not Mother Teresa level forgiveness. (laughs) This is what I was saying about taking responsibility for your life. It's choosing to not be victimized. It's choosing to not be in conflict. It's having awareness that that's what, that's the emotion you're stuck with is unforgiveness. And then the conscious choice to say, I will no longer harbor this. It does not serve me. It's creating, it's eating me up inside. It's a slow and painful death. It's holding me back. It's weighing me down. So I choose responsibility for my life. I'm going to let go of what will ever pull me down or sink me. And that's the F word in my business, Davina, and it's forgiveness. That's the forgiving and that's the self-compassion enough to do that, that self-forgiveness. I am loving myself enough to let go. I don't have to speak it to anyone. 
I don't, it's mm. not about their actions because again, anything they said or did was about them. It wasn't about me anyway. But what I say and do is about me. And at this time, I choose me. And I'm going to love myself enough to let that go. Any thoughts about it, any stories I keep making up about it, any mm-hmm. rumors, you know, rumination I have about it, so that I can free myself from it and move forward and into my best life again intentionally and purposefully. Oh my gosh. You've just shifted my perspective and I'm sure everybody else's perspective when they're going to listen to this. Thank you so much. Can you tell everyone where to buy your book? If they'd like to contact you, plug away. Absolutely. So the gift of shift is available at all major online booksellers like Amazon and Barnes and Noble, or if you want to support your local bookstore, you can ask them to order it for you from their Ingram Sparks catalog. And uh, please do reach out to me and connect with me. My website is skyviewcoaching.com, and you can find me on Facebook the same. I have a Skyview Coaching page on Facebook. And then find me by my name, Ann Papayote, and I'm sure Davina will spell it in her show notes. <laughs> um, well do. On, uh, yes, on Twitter and Instagram and the like. And I would love to hear from you. And on my website, you can also uh, find some resources and read some blogs that might help you and I do have a a free gift for your audience Davina that is a soul CPR sort of um, it's a little mini course so you'll you'll need to put that link in because it's exclusive to to audiences and in that I will take them through a little exercise of that connecting Mm -hmm. the dot pinpointing the pain and then recovering the truth of who they are. And I think that for many people might be enough to get them started on their shift. Others may then, you know, uh, find exactly what it is they want to work on with a professional like you or me. Oh, great. Thank you so much for the free gift. I'll put that in the description box. And thank you again. I wish you best of luck with the book and everything else. Thank you, Davina, so much, and, and bless you for the work you're doing and how you're serving. Thank you. I appreciate oh, it. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Have you guys heard of Rakuten? It's where you can shop all your favorite stores online and make money. Yeah, you can make money. I have made thousands of dollars. Granted, I've been on it for a while, but if you're someone who's an online shopper, you need to sign up right now and you can use my invite link that's rakuten r-a-k-u-t-e-n dot com slash r slash divina 141 rakuten dot com slash r slash divina 141 happy shopping and make some money Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.